This is the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. At Dre Knott, at Akron Jackson, on most of your favorite social media platforms. A to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast is where to find us. Shouts, as always, to Scene, to the Honeymoon Girl in the Portage Lakes, and to American Fireworks in Hudson for uh, really everything. Uh, helping us out. Thanks to you guys for helping us grow. Sorry, uh, a lot going on um, in in the world of the Browns and the world of the uh, Indians. Phil Dawson just announced his retirement. He's one of uh, one of oh, the all time yeah. um, Browns. Really, you know, second leading scorer in franchise history. One of the few really good uh, long term success stories of the new Browns. Uh, the reason we're doing this now is because since we last spoke, the Indians traded Trevor Bauer made what most people would feel is a major move or probably multiple moves as they try to continue this hot streak. Anyway, Dre, we got a lot to talk about. Good morning. How are you? Good afternoon. How are you? Spit all that out. Is there really any big football news other than the, what you said about Phil Dawson? Um, no, I don't think there's any new. You know, that that's the rub with training camp, right, is people want to know right, what's going right. on. But injury-free, bullshit-free camp and get to what counts. Right, right, um, right. I know, I know. It's your job to sell it, but it's really if there is news in training camp, it's not good usually, right? Correct, correct. And you know, <laughs> like, m- most of these holdouts, like even go beyond the Browns, right? Most of these holdouts will get resolved. Guys are doing what they got to do, um, but you know, it's out there, and it's it's the cost right. of doing business. It's the cost of being a good team. It's the cost of having good players. Um, think things that go on. So yeah, I mean, football as we've known for a long time. And the NBA has started to do this, just dominates the news cycle. And there's been so much excitement specifically here that today marks just seven days of training camp, Dre. But, like, I feel like it's been 70, you know? I know. Just it's 70, how it goes. It's seven days. And I'm sure you feel that way because you're covering it. But the crazy thing is there's a football game on tonight. Like, there's a yeah. game that's going to be played. within. A, and I know it'll be a bunch of guys that'll be skimming pools in three weeks. But still, there's a football game with NFL teams on the field. Uh, in Ohio, and uh, this is one of the best weekends. We always talk about this. One of the best weekends for Northeast Ohio. Unfortunately, golf hasn't cooperated, continued to be here as well. Uh, but that weekend in Canton, I mean, is everything. It probably takes care of three-fourths of the community in Canton uh, with the money that's generated between everything that they do. Uh, and I'm even going to make an appearance in Canton on Sunday. Not by choice, but I will. Uh, oh, you're going to the Imaginary Dragons concert. Yeah, because you got me tickets. Good job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, before, and I got I got a lot of stuff on the trade stuff, obviously. Um, but I got a question, and this is and thank you guys for everyone that got back to us after the last last podcast to talk about and break down. If you guys would be okay going behind a paywall to listen to us, we appreciate it for the for I'd say almost ninety eight percent is positive, and we appreciate you guys. We appreciate. Um, your willingness to, to hang with us, be with us, roll with us, uh, that's, that's huge to us. It's been huge to us for a long time. So I got another poll. I'm taking this to make 50. This is what they do when you don't make no money. Um, <laughs> what is, like, what are your rules for Instagram? And I got my nephew with me who's in his early 20s, so this is going to be great because I'm, I'm, I'll get his answer later. But I was just thinking about this a couple of days ago. What is your ruling or rules for what you like and just or just glance at on Instagram? Well, like you just things. look at big booties and just hit, 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 the, hit the heart? Or well, like two... what makes you hit the heart for Instagram? 
<laughs> two, two things. Um, <laughs> one, whether I should have said it or not. I've said. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> whether I should have said it or not. He's speechless. He's speechless. No. I've said on this podcast before that I know damn well there's Andre not on Instagram and there's Andre not on Instagram after Mrs. Not goes to bed. And two, yeah, boy. just to clarify, as Andre threw that survey out there, and it was awesome to get so many responses in the different forms, we were clarified that's a possibility that's way, way down the road, right? Even if we talked about right. even if The Athletic right. was to buy the podcast, we're talking months, if not years, if at all. So, But we do appreciate, uh, as we try to point out, every bit of feedback. Now, what what is my policy on that? Yeah, um, what's your policy? Well, I got to say that. I'll start with a story. When I first got Instagram, um, it was like posting everything I liked was posting on my Facebook page. And Ben Axelrod, our nephew, called me one day and he's like, yo, just so you know, you got to fix this setting. And I was like, well, obviously I didn't know because I'm too old for this shit. Right. And at the time I was like, you know, I I deleted Snapchat. I'm I'm too old for that. Um, You know, a lot of a lot of the younger kids are not on Facebook, but they're all on Instagram. They're all on Twitter. Uh, I mean, my. My Twitter mentions just the last week since the Browns started up. I mean, it's nonstop. That, that's where people are. Now, we got to be careful to know it's not the whole world, but it is a big right. portion of the world of people of a certain age and people that are engaged to things like the things we do for a living and talk about here on this podcast, right? Um, right. So I am aware that people are watching and that people can easily access, you know, what I like or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, I really don't get caught in all of – all of that stuff that I think younger people worry about, you know, like if I like a picture, I press like, (laughs) is there maybe been a handful of times I've been subtly communicating a message to the poster of that picture or to someone else? Maybe, but I'm honestly not caught up in that, you know, like I'll scroll and I'll be, I'll be aware that people can see what I like. So I'll be hesitant maybe on some brands or on some style of picture, <laughs> but I'm also not like, you know, I, 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 I have no qualms about anybody knowing who I follow. Right. Or anything right. like that. So, well, um, do you, do you, do you like, just like, I've caught myself, like end up liking just friends posts, no matter what the picture is. Like you just, you know what I mean? Like there's a, hes- I have a hesitance if I don't know the person, but I'm following the person to just like every one of their pictures. But usually if I'm in a decent mood and there's someone that I know, you just end up hitting the button. I do. I don't I don't know if everyone else does. So. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> that's funny you say that because I can guarantee we both have friends that are 8, 10, 12 years younger than us. And whether they're, yeah. you know, whether they're our real friends because we worked with them or lived by them or, or knew their right. older brothers or whether they've just become sort of our online circle – um, right, right. I can guarantee there's people in that group that that have policies and will only like certain ones at certain times, right? And are trying to communicate Absolutely. with you to a certain level. <laughs> um, right. Absolutely. But here's kind of Absolutely. my thought, especially as social media has has not taken over the world, but social media has changed what I do. It has changed the world that I live in. Right. Every year, like when Lent comes around, for example, or even if it's not Lent, yeah. if it's another time and someone else is like announcing, "Hey, I need a break." My thought, and this is just a surface thought, is like, man, it must be bad. <laughs> you know, like, right. really, because you really should be at a point where this is something extra 
onto your life right. or something you do right. in your downtime or on your ride between your job and getting back to the real world or as you psych yourself up in the morning to do what it is that that pays the bills or, or keeps you going or both in, in a lot of cases, right? Um, I think you got to be real careful about overthinking that is, is, is basically my overarching answer to your question. All right. I'm just, just curious. Just curious what everybody's following you. I... Because like I said, I've caught myself like, and, I, and I'll admit I'm at this like pass in life of like, I don't know, like nobody's. Or sometimes you like, you know what I mean? And it's like, but is that, is that disrespectful? If like you see a friend put up a good picture and you're just like, all right, whatever, keep scrolling. Like I, I don't like, there's no rules to it, and I don't really care. But it is crazy because I'll have people say, man, I saw your post, blah 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 blah. And I'll be like. Hey, Clevenger, you didn't even like that picture, but why are you telling me about it, motherfucker? And there's no rules, and some people take it personal. Uh, I try my best not to take it personal. I brought this up because I know you had the, the – do you still have a 1,000 followers, the people you follow on Twitter? Are you still on that? Yeah, I stay under 1,000, yes. I stay under 1,000. Under 1,000. That's the Zach Jackson rule. You never feel like you're missing anything? Like you may be, there may be 20 more, 30 more people that may entertain you? No, trust me, I know I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible. There's got to be. I guarantee I can find 10 people you don't follow. I, I'd make a $200 bet that I could do that. <laughs> no, I mean, I will say <laughs> this. Great. I will say this. There are people that I don't follow on Twitter, but I do follow on Instagram. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I there are people. No, 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 no. All right, let's go full disclosure here, and in, in, in more yeah. of what I think you're getting at. There are people I won't unfollow on Twitter because I feel like they can hold that against me or make a big deal out of it. So I just mute them and move on. Isn't that a? But see, that's a bitch. Because why? Like, because like I know you said, and I know what you're saying, but I'm past that. I don't care anymore. Like I like if I don't like, but I'm I'm willing to follow about anybody, and I'll admit I probably got about 500 people too many that I'm following. But for the most part, if you don't annoy me and you just don't post stupid stuff, or ridiculous stuff, or political stuff, then we're fine. Um, and I'll just let it like it doesn't bother. I guess what I'm saying is, and I don't even know the filter that I have on my phone for Twitter, but I don't even see half the, the tweets that get tweeted to me on my like. It's almost like it filters it out for me. I completely then, agree, Dre. Like. When I'm out at Browns practice and they're in special teams period or whatever, I'll scroll like dimensions right. sometimes and I'll right. see two or three of them. And if I feel like it's a human question or if I have time, I'll respond. But then two hours later when I'm back in the, and I'm on tweet deck, it'll be like 20 responses. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. I get that a lot. And then I'm always like, like during a game, I'll be like, I can't. Like last night, and, and there's a reason why I'm asking all this. But like last night, and sometimes during games, I'm more active than others sometimes i'm more awake than others sometimes the games whatever it doesn't matter but like i posted like the home run try to roberto perez and he had his second home run and i put down it was his first career two home run game and like 18 assholes had to tell me quickly you did it in the world series and it's like okay so i put in the regular season you feel better and i still had assholes till midnight tweeting at me at one o'clock said you don't hit two home runs in the world series right and it's like and, and you should be proud of me I didn't. You do what 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 Andre angry Andre usually does. I usually combat like fifteen of them and tell them to fuck off in my own way. But I didn't. I just ignored it last night. Last night I was just like, if you can't see that I'm trying to give you something that you can't get anywhere else, 
and I made the mistake of not saying regular season and not World Series, and you want to get your panties in a bunch, then you keep them up there. Well, one one thing I would say to anyone who's still into this conversation and hasn't turned us off at this point would be a good way to <laughs> they're shape. Not going, they're not. They're not. They're not going anywhere because the good shit's coming. A good way to shape your policy would be just to avoid well actually to start with, right? Get rid of anybody that yeah. well actually is you and just like I try not to well actually anyone unless I am just feeling extra sarcastic. Unless it's, and, you know, well, if it's like each other, if it's you and I, like it's certain, like I think you just hit on something and then we can move on to Trevor Bond. The sarcasm. And you and I have kind of said this. There's different sarcasm between friends, family, uh, than someone that I random, but I don't know that, you know, like, let's be honest, like, Random guy gets in your gets in your mentions and sarcastically is being an asshole. You probably are sarcastically going to get either blocked, muted, or I'm gonna talk shit back to you and then you're not gonna like me. So if I don't know you, I'm not gonna sarcastically go at you. Do I tell Nick Camino he should get off Twitter? I do, and I'm and a very good friend it, of his because he is so bad at true. it. I mean, so terrible. And he's not, he's yes. not good at it. Do I keep telling Roger Lima to stop tweeting about baseball because he's so bad at it? Yes, I do. <laughs> But I can do that. He's awful at it. He's good at like he's 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 good at having a show without his name on it and all that other stuff. But he's not good at tweeting about baseball. He's not. Our our nephew WrestleMania's own. He's on Twitter a little too much for me, but that's his job. So I let him fly. I don't even mess with him no more because I think he got sensitive after I kind of pelted him a little bit. But that's okay. My point is, these are all people that I know away from the social media game, so I can sarcastically mm-hmm. mess with them. Do I right. say stuff to certain players that I know or certain? You know, certain artists, yes, because I know them. I don't just sarcastically go at people. That, to me, should be the lesson in social media today. You don't know a person. Like, if you don't know their phone number, if you don't, you know, if you never had, like, a, if you never, like, got to their house with no key or something, don't be coming at me with that shit, man. Yeah. Um, a good example of that is, like, just lately just I've had to reach out to some people that I that I didn't have their phone number, right? And so I'll, I'll right, se- right. send them a message if they don't follow me on Twitter. I keep my DMs open. Now, now, sometimes I regret that, sometimes I don't. But I think that's part of my job, right? Anybody can DM me. Yeah. I feel like I have to be accessible to, to a certain point. Now, I don't always get back right away or at all, but to a certain point I have to be accessible. <laughs> but anyway, there's times I, I'll just send I'll send someone a tweet, be like, hey, um, you don't know me. Or, or sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes they do know me. They don't follow me. Be like, hey, I need you, I need you to shoot me a message real quick, right? And that can be an email. It can be a DM. Right. They can follow me. Unf- I, I don't care. But then when other right. when when I'm sending that to X person in Texas or Oregon or, or wherever and someone else like comments on it, I'm like, dude, I'm not talking to you. Like, right? Stay out of it. And it's funny right. that you mentioned two of those names because Raj um for for all I know about some of the stunts Raj has pulled and the way he lives his life most weekends, when I actually talk to him, we talk about the business. Like he is at heart right. an old school radio guy. He wants yeah. to be on TV. He works his ass off. He he's been to the finest schools. He's studied under great people, right? Like he he knows the he knows the gossip. He knows the moves. He knows all of this. And we talk about the business. And, and for years now, he has said, <clears throat> "I tweet less, or I tweet strategically because now I have my own show. Right? I'm going to say what I say on there. I, I know I'm in arguments. I can't win. So I instead of punching away until I'm beaten into the pulp, I jab and I get away." Right. And like when you mentioned right. Ben, who's on there all the time, like 
not just him, but this is kind of my policy too. Like, and, and I say that I, I've said this on here, Dre, and I say it when I talk to kids. Like, if you're always on Twitter, you're always on Twitter, and that's bad. If you feel compelled to be in every discussion about everything, then all of a sudden uh, you're in every argument. You have an opinion on everything, right, and right. it just becomes exo- it becomes detrimental to your life. Forget about what what people who follow you may or may not think. Right? Um, you you have to be right. careful of that. So. I've kind of adapted specifically from Raj, like, I'm going to stay out of this because it just doesn't bother me. Now, that's not to say I don't jab back at people. And specifically, like, in this environment, there's – I'm not saying every opinion I got is right. But when you're not at practice, like, I don't really take your thoughts too seriously, right? You know the Browns. You know football. Yeah. But you're not going to yeah. tell me what happened at practice today because you were at the fucking playground with your I kids when practice was right. going on. Right. 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 <laughs> Right, right. Like, well, that's like people are trying to straight. Well, that's like all right, and that takes us perfect. That takes us perfectly into where we're going. And I did this on purpose. Trevor Bauer, um, no longer a Cleveland Indian. One of the weirdest forty-eight hours, is, like that I've had on this current job. Um, I knew during the game that he was traded a couple nights ago, early in the game. Why? Because he told me. Uh, told me not to ask anyone. Told me not to say anything to anyone. I didn't. Um, but I'm doing reports throughout the game. I knew I knew something before the game, and then he just quite he quite honestly told me I'm gone, I'm going to Cincinnati, and well, and that wasn't his exact quote, but I won't throw him under the bus. He said I'm going to fucking Cincinnati of all places, and I kind of looked at him and I was like, well, this is what you kind of brought upon yourself, bro. He was like, what do you mean? And I was like. You've been out in front and telling everybody you want to do one-year deals, and you're going to, like, this is, like, I go, Trevor, this is, I'll say this, and I'm not, Trevor and I have a friendship, um, and in friendships, you don't have to agree with everything a friend does or says. I think you hear that in this podcast constantly. Um, I want the best for Trevor. I don't agree with everything he does. He drives me crazy sometimes, just like everyone else. But as I tweeted out, he genuinely, genuinely has a great heart. He's a really good person that at times doesn't know exactly how to express his emotions the best way. His passion takes over him. And that's how he embarrassed himself Sunday in Kansas City by throwing All right, let me cut. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Okay. You said on the last podcast, and I thought it was really telling because I know the line you have to walk when you talk Indians inside baseball, right? You said that when he lost his mind, and that's, that's been him too. That you thought yeah. that that was his way of of saying "Don't trade me," right? So, yeah. like yeah. in the aftermath now, do you feel like do you still stand by that and feel like that backfired on him? It backfired on him. I think I think he let the emo- he let all the emotions take over him too strong. Um, he won't. He doesn't like that. I, him and I've talked about it. He doesn't agree, and maybe him and I agree. And he admitted maybe in a year, maybe six months from now, we'll talk and he'll agree with me. But right now. You know, he just he, he admitted everything took over between being sick, between, you know, not pitching well, between all the rumors, just everything took over his by a, a terrible inning of baseball. And the Indians won't admit it, and they don't have to admit it. Um, I know the manager, he has never been involved with Trevor, but as, you know, a lot of his teammates have said, they loved him on every fifth day of the season, every fifth day of the, in the season. He was one of their favorite people. There are a lot of things that it's not my place, and I won't do it. So don't ask, don't tweet me. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that have shown his passion that have, and 
look at happen. Albert Bell broke stuff all the time. You know, his legendary stories of him breaking the thermostat and them calling him Mr. Freeze because he always wanted it at least 66 degrees. He didn't want it any warmer in the batting cases or anywhere else. I'm not going to sit here and make Trevor out to be bad for breaking shit all the time. Guys break stuff. But it gets to a point where enough is enough, right? And sometimes you have to weigh out, are all the other things we're dealing with worth with us loving you every fifth day on the mound? And my wife has been very strong because she knows Trevor. Trevor's been very good to her business and, and helping kids that we know with special needs. Um, and my wife makes a great point. She's, and she's been going at me the whole time where she's like, you know, she feels bad for Trevor. Trevor shows up the game last night and Trevor did it. And, and maybe, and I, I haven't even talked to you about this. And on one hand, on the outside looking in Trevor coming to the game, hanging out with fans, going to the corner, I can see how some people can see that it's cool. But I got to tell you, the guys that played with him, the guys that coached him, mm-hmm. managed him, didn't come off real cool. Came off, it was all about Trevor. He had his own yeah. film crew with him. He, had his, he, didn't show up, he didn't show up and hang out with him. Like, if he would have came to the ballpark at 3 o'clock, 3.30, 4 o'clock, and hung out with the team yesterday, and then went out to the stands. But when you show up at 7.30, 8 o'clock, and you know that your former teammates are playing and you're taken away from them, it comes off as selfish. And I think for a lot of people, and, I, and for some fans, I get it. That's awesome if you were at the game yesterday and you got to get a picture with Trevor Bauer. That's awesome if you were a big Trevor Bauer fan and, and you got to see him there. But have you ever seen any other player do that? And do you ever think about what the rest of the clubhouse feels when you do something like that? Because they you can only. It. I don't care who you are in this business. You can only do so many things that makes everybody roll their eyes before they find something else for you to do. Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> and that's what he did. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of a fitting end. And yeah. you also and said go, something else. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I want to get I want to get to Tito's presser, but um, so yesterday, <laughs> right? Standard seven oh five seven ten first pitch, right? I, I was here writing, right? And I missed. I'm frankly, I missed all the pregame stuff because I just I, I needed to lock in and get get done by a certain point. So I got done at like seven twenty five, seven thirty. Hurried up, cleaned myself up, and jumped in the car. And you know, I was interested to see the game. The Astros are a good team. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> I knew the Indians were all abuzz. I knew the I knew the new guys weren't there yet. Anyway, Dre, I get in the car. So I catch like mid 735. So maybe mid second inning, top of the third inning. Okay. I'm not out of my driveway yet. And I hear Hammy very directly say he'll be missed every five days. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> so, pretty much. I spent, you know, the next mile and a half or whatever getting out of my neighborhood, getting up to the stop sign where I could make a smart-ass tweet about it. I couldn't, so I just kept on driving. I kept on listening. Uh, about 10 mi- I was going about, fa- say, 15 miles up the road. About 10 miles up the road, I stopped at a gas station, um, playing on my phone as I waited uh, in line, Zach and there was, there was Meisel's tweet. tweet. It said, Trevor Bauer's here, and I just said, yep, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's it's it is what and let's be honest and, this, and I, like Jen and I had to come to the conclusion last night if Trevor Bauer was making six million dollars Indians still would be looking the other way at all his answers at the end of the day it, the money plays out into a big they got a great haul for it the clubhouse will miss Trevor Bauer every five days 
but they are ecstatic about who's coming to Cleveland. I said it on the broadcast last night. I'll say it here. Roberto Perez said to me, and Roberto has been teammates and close with, with Trevor from day one of Trevor being an Indian. But he said to me as he found out who the Indians got, he said, he said, hey, Andres, take the microphone in your camera and you tell everybody that the Indians are back. <laughs> and, then, and you tell them that the front office, and you tell them that the front office kicked ass. You got that? Tell them Bebo said that. And I go, all right, Bebo, put your pants on. <laughs> I, I just, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I can tell you the team is excited. Now there are a couple guys that that you know they they get it though. Like Clev, Clev's been traded. Clev said five years ago he would be pissed, but today he gets it, and you know their friendship won't change. And I hope, to be honest with you, and, and Trevor said this to me, he said, no, in my life, he goes, I'm going to be traded again in, in six months or 12 months. And I go, but this is the life you asked for, Trev. This is what you want. This is what you've signed up for, man. So go out and just pitch and, and live up to that. And I had a real conversation with him. I was like, if you want to be tough guy USA and you want, you know, you want to do things your way, and I go, there's nothing wrong with that. I go, but you can't pout, bitch, and cry when things are difficult and tough for you because you have chose the path that you're on. And I go, there's nothing wrong with choosing your own path. But realize when you choose your own path and don't take the path that everyone else takes, it's going to be rougher and tougher at times than it is for other people. All right, one more thing on this. Uh, when when Francona did his standard availability, what, two hours before the game yesterday, whenever it was? Um, yeah. You know, what, what part of you was surprised by what you were hearing and what part of you was – just kind of nodding along and, and wherever it is that you sit in that room. I sit in the very back of the same chair every day purposely. And he knows to look at me when he's playing. I know when I can't laugh when he's talking, put it that way, <laughs> even though I know when he's full of shit and even though when I know he's telling the truth. Um, he was very nice yesterday. He was as nice as he could be because he couldn't say – I mean, if you can – read between the lines. He said when we had our exit, exit interview with Michael Brantley, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. When he said, asked about Trevor's, he said it was very quick. Yeah. I mean, if you can't read between the lines of that, then you don't. He couldn't stand you. And it's, this goes back six years, five years. I told you, I think I told, did I told the story in the podcast five years ago when Tito went to meet Trevor's dad for lunch, like in spring training. Maybe I haven't. I'll tell it now. And see, this is the beauty of us, and this is why I probably shouldn't even tell it, because the beauty of Terry Francona is he's never going to throw a player under the bus. No matter how he feels about, that's why you guys have no clue. I hear I hear people all the way to all the times talking about who his guys are. His, most of you guys have no idea who his guys are because he will not, will not tell anybody in the media on the record how he feels about certain guys. Now he'll tell myself, he'll tell Hammy, and if you listen to Hammy, Hammy kind of tells you. He'll tell my, he'll tell Matt Underwood. He'll, he tells people that are close to him, and he knows that we'll filter it and say it the right way. But you'll never hear Terry Francona tell you exactly how he feels about a guy unless he loves him. He loves Michael Brantley. Uh, he loves Francisco Lindor. He loves Dustin Pedroia. Uh, he loves Corey Kluber. He loves Cody Allen. Like, <laughs> he loves Josh Tomlin. Like, I can do this. fun to do this. Now that I'm doing it off the top of my head. The relationship with Tito and, and, and Trevor was never good. It just wasn't. He had lunch. He had bright, he try, And he tried. And I think that's what frustrated Tito to the, to the end. He went and had lunch or dinner with Trevor and Trevor's dad like four years ago, five years ago in spring training. Because at the time, Trevor was driving him insane. 
And the next day I go, hey, so how was dinner with uh, Trevor's dad? He looked at me, he goes, shit. He goes, you ever hear the story about the apple in the tree, not falling far from the tree? He goes, well, his dad's the fucking tree. He never, but despite how he did it. I've never heard that one somehow. <laughs> True story. <laughs> but I'll give Tito credit. Even though he didn't agree with everything that, that Trevor threw out there, that everything that Trevor, how Trevor talked, and every bad time they had to find him for, for doing Trevor stuff, he always stood behind him, always gave him a grace period, Always tried to get to make him the best pitcher he could be. And I got to admit, 16 through 18, for the most part, they found a happy medium. They found a happy, even through this year. But this year, stuff started happening, and his mouth started running, and he started breaking shit in between innings. And his frustration was pissing off. He was breaking other people's stuff. That it's, we've all been in a relationship before where you're with them because you really, really care for them, and you really like them, and they help you better. But you know the things that can trigger you about them. Trevor always knew how to trigger Tito. And on Sunday on the mound, when you saw him yelling the way he was yelling, he's been holding that in for a long time. They found a happy ground, and I think they all knew at the end of the day, whether it was two days ago he was going to get traded or he was going to get traded on September 30th when the season was over or October or November, we all knew the end was coming. And it's probably best for all involved that it came on, you know, what day was that, July 30th. Because um, I hopefully this is great for Trevor, even though Trevor himself is not thrilled to be in Cincinnati. But hey, this is the life you lead, young man. Go out there and strike motherfuckers right. out, as you always tell me. <laughs> so, did like the whole dugout know during the game, or just a few people? Uh, that's a good question. Glad you asked that. Trevor kind of came around. Um, he went to certain people and was like, "Hey, this is what's going on." So he said to me early in the game, he's like, hey, what have you heard? And I was like, uh, I was like, last time I heard, I go, there's not much out there right now. And he goes, well, keep your ears peeled. So I knew then something was up. So he came back out in like the third inning, and he hung out with Clev for a little while. He hung out with Kevin Flewicki for a little while. And then like in the fourth inning, he just plopped down next to me. And we started off small talk like we always do. And, uh, and he would start talking. He was just like, I go, what are you doing? He goes, I just get nostalgic. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, they're fucking trading me. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm fucking trading. And I go, no, you're not. And he goes, yes, I'm going to Cincinnati for outfielders. And that's all he knew at the time. And so it took me aback for a minute. I was like, uh, I've had a lot of weird conversations sitting where I sit at Progressive Field with guys, whether it be about women, wives, girlfriends, uh, sliders, fastballs, curveballs, hot dogs, uh, barbecue, drugs, beer. We had all kinds of conversations, tobacco, but I never had one with a guy that was already traded. <laughs> like, I, was like, I didn't know what to fucking say. I was like, uh, well, I go, it's still Ohio. Like, that's all I can blur. <laughs> I was like, still in Ohio. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, and he, and he was tearing up, man. He was tearing up. And so he talked to me for like two innings. We talked about a bunch of different stuff. Told me he still wants to do a podcast with me as long as Clev can get his shit straight. But he still wants to do a podcast in the offseason if they let me. I was like, I'm allowed to do a podcast with you, Trevor. Don't worry. Um, but that, that's a whole other story about why that died earlier this year. But I kind of just told you. Um, and then he kind of went to a couple other guys and kind of told them. Bieber was pitching, so he didn't tell Bieber until, Bieber until after the game. So And Bieber and his lockers were kind of close to each other. 
So, you know, so they all said it was, it was, it was, as Zach Meisel and I checked last night, my head was just hurting. It was been an overwhelming 48 hours um, because there's a lot of emotion, a lot of different shit that came along with Trevor being gone. I mean, Trevor was a big part, even though everybody didn't love him, Trevor was a big part of the clubhouse. He was a mouthpiece of the clubhouse, even though a lot of people cringed when he talked. Uh, we all paid attention when he did. Like even, you know, I told you on Sunday after he threw the ball, Mike Freeman, who everybody's calling two for punching now, was you know they had their cell phones taking video of me interviewing him. I did an interview, like I did a like Roberto took my like this is all I shouldn't even tell this, but this is like a time where nobody else was in the clubhouse. Roberto took my uh, he took my microphone and he had my camera guy shoot him doing an interview of Mike Freeman. Now you know one will never see it. <laughs> but it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like we have, we have it. And the rule was, if anybody outside of the clubhouse sees it, they get their ass kicked. Yeah. But it was an um. And if you could imagine broken English Roberto trying to play me and ask Mike Freeman why he peed his pants on the mound on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think as much. Look, I'll say this, and I don't want to speak for any of the players. They will miss him every fifth day, but they also will miss some of the ridiculous just ridiculous i mean you know what it's like in, in in locker rooms i mean they all like Corey kluber loves mocking roberto perez roberto perez takes it and he mocks other people and they used to all mock trevor trevor was one of them even though he was your little brother that you couldn't stand you made eat grass you punched him sometimes when mom and dad weren't looking even if dad told you to punch him um but now you get yasiel puig you get puig that comes in and he gets to come in and and I think he's going to be great for Tito because I think Tito is the greatest manager for him. Because Tito is simply going to say, and I've already texted you this, hey, man, be on time, respect the game, and go make your money. And if Puig messes that up, then that's on Puig, right? Yep. Sure is. So he'll fit right in. And Reyes will be fine. This is – look, they've needed right-handed power for about five years. So they got two guys – Hopefully this uh, gets them over the top because it's not going to be easy when you look at the schedule where Minnesota's at. But they're going to get in the playoffs, and we'll go from there. This should be a fun two months, though. Right. Um, okay. Uh, you know, and, and people aren't going to hear this until it happens tonight, but it's interesting that Danny Salazar's starting. Uh, it's good that he's back, but it's really about what he can do two weeks from now and over the next six weeks, right? Tonight, I mean, he's, I'm sure yeah. he's on a pitch count, and he's facing the Astros, and it's like whatever happens, happens, correct? This is about to be the weirdest, uh, the weirdest start of the season. No one has any idea what to expect. Anything could happen. He could throw five pitches and walk off, or he, you know, he could give up two home runs in the first inning, or he could, you know, he could go hard for seventy pitches and not give up a hit. The one thing I, I told somebody last night about Danny Salazar, and he's not beloved in the clubhouse right now either, and he's got to earn a lot of trust back in the clubhouse. There's a whole other story with that. Right. Um, and the thing is, though, as I told somebody, in six years I've done this, sitting as close as I sit, there ain't many more people when they're right that's more electric than Danny Salazar. Now, is he still that pitcher? Does he still have that type of stuff? We don't know. He's only throwing 90, 92 down in the minors. We're not seeing 97, 98 from him in the minors. Possibly getting on the mound in the big leagues and the adrenaline rushing, they hope that he gets back up to 95. When he was right, there was no one like him. Let's just hope there's a partial part of them. Because uh, this is one of those nights. Garrett Cole's on the mound for the Astros. He throws 100. He strikes out everybody. 
Um, it's a rubber match between two of the better teams in the American League. This is fun because we don't know what Danny Salazar is. If he can be a portion of what he was three years ago, it makes this trade a lot easier. Corey Kluber is getting close to coming back. Um, but no one has any idea. No one in the organization has any idea what we'll see from Danny Salazar. So make sure you turn Hammy on at 710, uh, <laughs> wherever you're at tonight, because I'm sure he'll have some, I'm sure he'll have some uh, isms uh, that only he can get away with saying. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Um, we, we both got about three minutes left, so two quick football thoughts. Um, Brown's practice, for the most part, has been pretty ugly. Part of that is by design. Freddie's trying to kill these guys. They're going long. There are prolonged inside run periods. Uh, he, is, he is making guys repeat things with mistakes. They're going at it. They've been in pads every single day. They've been allowed by NFL rules to be in pads. They've gone two hours and 20 minutes or thereabouts every single day. We'll see how that works out. Um, some of it has been downright sloppy and shitty. The ball's on the ground. Some of it is, frankly, the talent's finally there. I'm judging by a little higher standard. So, um, you know, that's how it goes. I think it's important to note that some I've seen similar practices and the talent's not there. This time, the talent's there. We'll see how it comes. And the second thing with the kicking, guys, um, even when you're having an open competition with kickers, you really have to understand that a million more things go into it than some practice on July 31st, right? right. However... These guys all have their routine. They have meetings like everyone else. They have work, strict workout regimens like everyone else. They have things they do in practice, even when they're not in before practice and after practice, even when they're not kicking the ball. So when they come out, I don't care if you're Phil Dawson and salute to him. We'll get to more on him and his retirement in a, in a different podcast or you're Adam Vinatieri or whatever. You're going to go out there and you're going you're gonna to miss some, and that's fine. And as long as you are doing your routine and you're correcting yourself after you do it, that's fine. Uh, however, there's been a couple of periods where they've set up things to get the kickers pressure kicks to work on mechanics of things that go right in real games or things that go on in real games in tar- terms of hustling people on and off, managing situations. And they had a practice where they failed at everything. They set up two late last second field goal drives and didn't get a kickoff at either time. They, they set up a dummy play to run on the first field goal unit. They didn't get the snap off in time. Freddie was pissed. So even Freddie, who's been very clear that he's much more into the effort and competition level than the results, um, is not pleased with that. And then when they finally get it off and the kid you drafted in the fifth round kicks a 46-yarder and you know from the moment it touches his foot that it's not good, then that's a failure. So we'll see. Um, I've seen and heard his leg, quite frankly, uh, and it's not what it was now in the spring. So I don't know enough about kicking to say for sure it's mentally or maybe he's pressing and, and rushing his mechanics I don't know, but it's a scary situation because everybody thinks the Browns are going to be in the playoffs and the Browns are ready to burst on the scene. That's how you lose games is you don't execute. And you play your ass off for 60 minutes and then you miss a kick and you lose games. So uh, that's well, just kind of where it is. Will, and that will change a, uh, a locker room too. It will change that's a locker room. It will change a season <laughs> in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the, let me just say this. And- I want to say this. Some of this stuff's going to come out in the athletic over the next 24 hours and two weeks, but to two weeks or more. I talked to Derek Anderson the other day, and uh, we were talking about something totally different. And he's like, man, the Browns are good. He goes, they they got a lot of talent. They got a lot of hype. He goes, but I'm just going to tell you, I've been around this league, and sometimes the most talented team wins nine games because that's just how it goes. goes, It comes down to so many little things that you have to do. You have to ride the wave. You have to manage your emotions. You have to manage your disappointment when it happens. You have to manage your excitement 
uh, when it happens, and, and you just try to be healthy and keep playing in November and December. And here on August 1st, that's a damn long way away. So my advice, at always, as always, would be to enjoy the fact you have Nick Chubb and Denzel Ward and Odell Beckham on your roster rather than Cody Kessler and, and some of the previous bunches. And uh, we'll see what happens. Any other closing thoughts, Dre? Uh, I'll save everything on Phil Dawson for the time when we do Phil Dawson yeah. talk. Um, enjoy baseball, enjoy football, enjoy your families. Konnichiwa, Phil Dawson. Thanks, Scene. Thanks, Honeymoon Girl. Thanks, American Fireworks. Thanks to you guys. We'll talk to you next week on A to Z.